I'm Teresa Steger from the Principal PLN Podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Welcome back for another episode of the Leader of Learning podcast, the show where educators can come find inspiration to transform education through effective leadership. I'm your host, Dan Krinas. Let's get started. All right, Leaders of Learning, thank you so much again for joining me here on the show. We are at the time of this episode's release uh, in the middle of June, June 10th to be exact is the day that this episode will drop. And that means that we are just under now two weeks away from the world's largest educational technology conference, otherwise known as ISTE. And I'm excited about going to ISTE. Uh, this will be my third year running, attending ISTE. And I wanted to let you all know, if you are attending ISTE, about an amazing opportunity to maybe meet up with me and uh, other members of the Education Podcast Network. As a reminder, the ISTE conference this year, 2019, is in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I will be there along with many of my educational technology friends and hopefully people that I will be meeting up with for the first time and making lots of really great connections and reconnecting with people whom I've met in the past. But Chris Nessie, the founder of the Education Podcast Network, which this show, of course, belongs to, has created and will host a really exciting event called the Education Podcast Network Meetup in Philadelphia on Sunday, June 24th, where we will not only get together and form connections and reconnect, but to also enjoy one of Philadelphia's most, if not the most popular food item, the cheesesteak. So the idea is to meet up and connect and eat some cheesesteaks and really just enjoy each other's company and enjoy the good food. And if you don't want to just hear it from me, here is Chris Nessie with a little bit more information about that event. This is Chris Nessie, founder of the Education Podcast Network. ISTE 2019 is right around the corner, and we're hosting an Education Podcast Network meetup. Come out on Sunday, June 23rd at 6 p.m., at Pat's King of Steaks and meet all your favorite education podcast network podcasters and connect with other listeners. We're going to have an old-fashioned cheesesteak challenge. We're going to eat at Pat's. We're going to eat at Gino's. We're going to have a good time, talk podcasting, and we'd love to see you there. Come out on June 23rd at 6 p.m. if you're going to be in Philly for ISTE 2019. I look forward to seeing you there. Now, back to the podcast. Thanks, Chris, so much, and I'm really glad that I played that for you guys because I think I said Sunday, June 24th. It's actually the 23rd, so I made a little bit of a mistake there. June 23rd is the meetup. I hope to see you there, and I know that many of my podcaster friends who will be there are planning to do a little bit of a, a sticker exchange as well, so that should be exciting. Speaking of ISTE, this episode and actually the next couple of episodes are leading up to the conference and that means there's no better time to really talk about all things ed tech. In this episode, I'm going to do something that I haven't done before. I'm actually going to bring on two guests, not at the same time, but play my interviews with these guests back to back. 
First, we have Jonathan Lee, who will tell us about working in the field of uh, educational technology as a tech coach and trainer, but also, more importantly, to talk to us about the process of becoming ISTE certified. And then we'll talk to Don Sturm, who is a good friend and a former guest of the show. And Don will clue us into really some of the latest trends in educational technology so that we maybe have an idea, uh, if we are heading into the ISTE conference, of what we can expect and what we should be thinking about or even if you're not heading to the ISTE conference, as you wrap up the school year, maybe head into the summer or head back into the next school year thinking about these things as well. So first, here's my interview with Jonathan Lee. So guys, great guest in this episode, Jonathan Lee, who's here to talk all about ISTE standards, ISTE certification, and as we lead up to the annual international ISTE conference, I thought this would be a great time to talk about some of those things. So Jonathan, welcome. And if you could, for the listeners, just introduce yourself, tell us what you do, who you are, where you come from. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be on this show. I listen to uh, the Leader Learning quite often. I travel around the state of Missouri as part of my role. So again, I'm Jonathan Lee. I hail out of St. Louis, Missouri. I am an instructional specialist for an organization called Midwest Education Technology Community, and I'm also a uh, consultant for the Regional Professional Development Center of St. Louis, so the RPDC. So I work with a lot of acronyms. I work for the state of Missouri, um, and I travel around the state kind of looking at best practices for data and technology use in the classroom. And then um, I'm also an ISTE certified educator and trainer, and that's why I'm glad to hear to talk about that uh, on your show today. Yeah. First of all, thank you so much for uh, listening and and being a fan of the show. Um, Let's take it back a step, though, because you explained uh, what you do. And I'm just wondering if you can kind of break that down a little bit more like in your role, more more specifically, what is it that you do? So um, I have two roles. I'm halftime with METC, which we are a uh, nonprofit organization that does professional development for um, educators in the region. And so we do workshops, we do um, professional development within schools, uh, we do long-term academies, and then, we, of course, we do the ISTE training. Um, I do my own podcast called the METC Podcast. It comes out every other week as well. And then we do um, I do a weekly tech tip uh, that comes out on YouTube. And so just professional development for tech integration, tech tips, tech tools. Um, and then the other half of my job is is working for the state of Missouri. And then we have different initiatives that like all states do. And um, this current initiative is focused on the effective practices that are being pushed out by John Hattie, or at least the ones that are really effective. And so we get help with schools, make sure they've got good collaborative teams, using common formative assessments. They are, um, have a good um, collective efficacy because that's really important. Um, a lot of those things, database decision making. So um, sit down with a lot of teams, sit down with a lot of leadership, and help them make uh, decisions that really affect all their kids. So in general, uh, you're doing professional development in all aspects of instruction or really just tech? Really all aspects from the RPDC standpoint. So when I work for the state, it is all uh, aspects. But even that part of my job, I have a statewide tech component. So I'm helping schools to look at how to better use tech. So like next week, for example, I'm heading down to a a school down in Southeast Missouri, and we are going to take a look at coding within the classroom. Um, 
it was all going under student engagement and these students don't really have that experience much. And so we've, I wanted to help them see the engagement levels jump just by giving them access to things like coding. So um, it's really kind of runs the gamut, but um, so yeah, it's, it's hard to, I have a lot of people go, I wonder what you do all day. And I was like, yeah, I kind of wonder that too, because it changes every day. But uh, really I sit down with teams and ask what they need and I try to put a tech spin on it because that's really my background. And um, but it's, you know, a lot of effective practices and stuff like that, too. I think I can relate. I mean, I was an, an instructional coach for a few years at my former school. And, and even though that really encompassed all aspects of instruction, it, it really was very heavily um, weighted in the category of technology. As a matter of fact, when I took the position, my principal who created the the role at the school said, you know, I really want you to focus on two things, driving technology and boosting student engagement. And in, in my opinion, both of those things go so well, you know, hand in hand that it just, it was natural. And so speaking of then your work in the technology realm, let's talk about the, the ISTE standards and the ISTE certification process a little bit. If you could back up for a second, I don't want to downplay this uh, or, 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 uh, offend any listeners, but let's just say we have listeners who aren't familiar with ISTE and the ISTE standards. Can you talk about that a little bit first? Absolutely. So ISTE is the International Society for Technology Education, and they focus on, um, they've got an official mission, and I don't work for ISTE, so I don't know all of those off the top of my head, but um, they're all about helping educators understand the importance of technology, and it's not really just tech tools. That's what's um, confusing to some, because I think, oh, it's a technology organization they're all about tech tools and and that kind of thing and they're really not and that's what makes the certification process so different um they really focus on good teaching and how like you said with your with your role as instructional coach how technology can enhance that and help engage kids and help prepare kids for the future and so um within the certification we really focus on good teaching first and then enhancing that good teaching with technology tools and so ISTE provides a lot of resources out there to help um teachers understand the importance of that really key integration of technology. And one of those resources are the standards they come out with. And so they have different versions of the standards. They have standards for students, which is, which is pretty awesome um, because students can actually take a look at these and realize where they are within the standards. And then educator standards are also available. And then they have uh, administrator standards and I believe they're coming out with coaching standards next year. Um, supposed to come out in June this year, but they're going to come out next year. And so I know because I was at the conference, the ISTE conference last summer in Chicago, that ISTE decided to take things kind of to the next level. And instead of saying, look, we're already putting out these standards and we're already putting out all these resources to help drive the use of technology in instruction, now they've uh, introduced this new platform program. I, I don't even know what to call it, but with this teacher certification part of it. Uh, I, I Again, I know that it was announced last summer and I think it's still being rolled out and, and built up. You've gone through it. So talk to us about the ISTE certification process. It's a two-day in-person training and then it is a five to eight week online um, course after that. And then you have six months to complete the portfolio. So we had to do all of that before um, we get, we had uh, deemed as trainers. The only exception is we were allowed to train before we've submitted our portfolio officially, but um, I think I even got mine in before, right after the first training. But um, but yeah, so they, they decided to add this training and um, it's been an awesome experience. Again, it was, 
we sent four people to D.C. Uh, to be trainers from our organization. And one of them is self-dubbed. I'm not a techie. She's not, I'm, a, I'm a curriculum instruction person. Um, not very techie at all. But I want to be part of this process. And she was amazed how much of it was just about good teaching. It wasn't really about the tech. Let's say I'm an educator and I'm really good at implementing technology. I want to take that to the next level. Maybe I already have you know, some Google certifications or Apple, but I want that ISTE certification. Where, what do I do and where do I go? If you go to ISTE's website, it'll tell you uh, where you can see the different trainings that pop up. We do run um, periodic, usually quarterly sessions here in St. Louis, but um, we just recently have one a couple hours away in Columbia. We are scheduled to go to Florida actually in June. Um, we'll be in Springfield, Missouri in June as well. Uh, we've got uh, Indiana on our horizon, uh, most likely in September of this coming year. So we are willing to travel. Um, if you are interested and you have a group of people that want to join or you think that you can get people to be a part of it, um, we, we're always looking for hosts. Um, we don't mind traveling. Um, obviously, I don't want to be away from my kids too long, but um, it's just two days in person. So as long as um, I don't, we don't stack them, it's not a big deal. But yeah, it's reaching out to ISTE. Go to the ISTE.org website. It's probably your first step. Under the learning tab, you see certification, and that will tell you the different um, caps that are out there. I'll tell you also about the actual process. I appreciate all that. Before we go, if you could just uh, let people know how to connect with you if they want to find out more information in the meantime. Um, you can reach out to me on Twitter at jleetechpercent. Um, you can also reach out to me via email. That's jleelee at edplus.org. Thank you, and uh, we'll see you at ISTE. All right. See you then, man. The Leader of Learning podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. The Education Podcast Network, podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. For more great podcasts, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. The Leader of Learning podcast is also a proud member of Voice Ed Radio, changing the way you talk about education. To listen to more great education content, please visit voiceed.ca. My thanks again to Jonathan for coming on to the show and providing all that great information specifically uh, about getting ISTE certified. I really appreciate that. And as we lead up to the ISTE conference, this might be something that people think about. And maybe if you have some time over the summer uh, and can have the opportunity to look into becoming ISTE certified, that might be a great idea for you as well. As I said, my next guest, Don Sturm, may not need much of an introduction if you have listened to this show for a while. He's been a guest on the show before. He's a good friend. As a matter of fact, he and I stayed together at the ISTE conference last summer in Chicago. But uh, I really appreciate Don coming on, and here is what he had to say. I am happy to bring back onto the podcast a returning guest, recurring guest, maybe you want to call him that, a good friend of mine, my brother from another mother, because we do look a lot alike. Uh, Don Sturm, thanks again for being here. Thanks for being a return guest, and I'm looking forward to speaking with you. Yeah, Dan, thanks for uh, having me. I, I think now with the beard I have, we don't quite have the same uh, look that we used to, but uh, yeah, we, we definitely have the, uh, the clean-shaven top. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. You got a little different uh, facial style going on. Yeah. Um, in case listeners haven't been with us since the start, of the show back in, uh, 
let's say September of 2017, I guess it was. Uh, you were a guest pretty early on in the podcast. If, if our listeners aren't familiar with you yet, who are you? Where are you? What do you do? Uh, well, my name is Don Sturm. I am a, my title is technically technology integration specialist for the Morton uh, School District in Morton, Illinois. That is about the dead center of the state of Illinois. And um, I came in, this is my, I'm just finishing my fifth year in this role. Great, great. And so last time you were here, I believe was December of 2017, some sometime around then. And so it's been a while, let's say like a year and a half. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm on top of my game in terms of educational technology too, but I know that being quote unquote on top of our game means things change all the time. And so as we're getting closer to literally the world's largest ed tech conference and ISTE's coming up soon. I just wanted to get back around to it and say, hey, we haven't spoken for a year and a half. What's changed? What's trending? What, uh, what are you up to these days in ed tech? And I know that's like throwing a lot out at you, but let's take it step by step. What, what's been going on? Um, yeah, it has changed. I think, you know, honestly, if I could say the one thing that's changed even in that year and a, a half year and a few months is there's so much focus on the student voice and choice. Not that there wasn't before there was a, there was flip grid, but now it's just, I, that's so much of a discussion uh, in how do you get students? How do you give them some agency? How do you get them to be cons uh, more than consumers, producers of content, creators of content. And so um, I, I have, Personally, I have gotten, you know, a couple of teachers into having their students podcast um, with um, the advent of Anchor, which is just, I mean, I can't say enough about it. Uh, I've got a teach a fourth grade teacher who is doing her book groups. They're not just sitting around talking about the books, which there's nothing wrong with that, but it's now let's bring this out into the world and let's have these podcast. Um, yeah. So uh, not to cut you off, let me just stop you for a second. And because I, I agree with you and I, I was hoping that, that that's kind of where the conversation would head, because I do think in terms of ed tech trending, um, we're definitely going more toward, like you said, student voice and choice, but it really is more about using technology not as just consumers, but really creators. Uh, you know, I came out of a school that had been one-to-one -one, uh, Chrome, well, first laptops and then Chromebooks for about three or four years. And as the instructional coach, I said, you know, our teachers have definitely gotten around the idea of using the technology and driving student engagement. But it, it then got to the point where it was like, what more can we do with it? And like you said, getting students to create more. And I love that you threw out podcasts because obviously as a podcaster, I really appreciate that medium. But it's, it's more about um, understanding how different students not only learn differently, but need to uh, express and, and show their learning in different ways. Well, and, and so I also do a podcast uh, called Page Turner with uh, a fourth grader named Izzy, who is in that same class. And so she picks the book for me. I don't know when we're sitting down. I have no idea what book we're going to read. We read it. And like, for instance, Monday, we will be talking, uh, we'll do our new one on The Girl Who Threw Butterflies. It's a book I would have never read without her. But what I love about podcasting is 
Izzy is a fairly quiet student, but this is her way of trying to, to get herself out there. And, um, and again, anchor just makes it so easy. And even the kids expressing themselves, not just with the words, but what sound effects fit? What do we want to have as the intro? What do we want to have as the outro? What, I mean, all of that helps. I, I just think it helps with stuff sticking uh, more than just, not that, again, not that sitting around and talking is bad. I'm not suggesting that at all. But there is something more about the production, the process. So in that sense, I think the first thing you said there was the first trend that we were discussing was about um, amplifying student voice, let's say. Uh, and then the second one that you're kind of touching on, too, is spreading that message, not just to the classroom, but actually finding ways for students themselves at this point to publish their work, whether it's a podcast or whether it's uh, graphics that they design or or projects that they create maybe on um, Google Sites or, or some other kind of uh, web-based tool, but really getting it out to the world. And I think that's another trend as well. So it's it's kind of step one is is finding ways for students to express themselves. And step two might be actually sharing it with more than just their teacher or their class. That is, that's life. I mean, that's what these kids are going to be dealing with. And we need that, you know, those creative types think outside the box. And um, so just, I, I mean, the agency that I've seen in that classroom is just amazing. That's awesome. You know, and, and for the listeners sake, what you, you guys missed before we hit record here was that Don and I kind of came into this uh, interview saying, hey, we don't really know what to talk about, but we're just going to start talking and see where it goes. And, and I think where it has gone is now three trends. Backing up for a second, just to recap, we had student voice and choice and amplifying student voice. Then we had uh, publishing content outside of just uh, the classroom and, and just turning things into the teacher. Now we're finding ways to get student voice outside of the classroom and outside of the school. And I think that third thing that you just said is important too, and we're going to stick with these three for now, is actually using the student voice to maybe even cre create some change, not just at the school level. And so I, I think it's extremely important I think that's a, a, about all that, uh, that's a lot, by the way, you know, I think in, in just a short time, we've covered so much between trends and tools and, and just that idea of, look, this, this world of technology has opened up so many opportunities for our teachers and our students. And it's, it's about what are you looking to get out of it? What are our students, um, individual in terms of their individual needs what's best for them to be able to express themselves and so and to express themselves in a way that you really know for sure that they're learning what they're supposed to be yeah. and 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 really just let them be open to to different ideas and put them out there uh to to the classroom to the school or even to the world so i think that's a a really awesome way of of looking at these trends in ed tech right now. And again, as we get closer to ISTE, the end of the school year, start thinking about the beginning of next school year. I think these are really, really great things for everyone in education to keep in mind. So I thank you for that. Yeah. Well, thank you for uh, having me on, Dan. 
So thanks, Don, and thanks to both my guests, Don and Jonathan Lee, for their expertise and their opinions related to educational technology. Again, less than two weeks away leading up to the ISD conference in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I will be there. Don't forget about the Education Podcast Network meetup, as I mentioned before. I would name everyone who is going, but I, I would I fear that I would forget somebody I will be there, of course, Chris Nessie, host of the House of EdTech podcast and co-host of Podcast PD. I believe his co-hosts will also be there, uh, but lots of Education Podcast Network hosts and lots of EdTech fans and just really great people to connect with should be there as well. So that's on Sunday, June 23rd at Pat's and Gino's, homes of some of the best cheesesteaks around. I'm looking forward to trying them. And I'm really more looking forward to making those kinds of connections. And I just wanted to put in one more sort of shameless plug here, uh, especially leading up to ISTE. Whether you can attend ISTE or not, and especially if you tend to follow the hashtags, either hashtag ISTE19 or ISTE2019, or even if you can't attend, hashtag not at ISTE, Myself and the Pastascope EDU crew, so that's hashtag Pastascope EDU, will be live streaming from around the conference every single day, almost around the clock, from the time the conference starts each day to the time it ends. Uh, we will cover sessions. We will do interviews with presenters and keynoters. We will do contests and giveaways and it's going to be a really, really fun time for us and it should be really informative for people who either do or especially do not attend ISTE. So do yourself a favor and throughout the conference starting on Sunday the 23rd and going all the way through June 26th, follow those hashtags. Hashtag Passascope EDU, hashtag not at ISTE, hashtag ISTE19 or ISTE2019. And even if you're not able to attend, you should be able to see plenty of what's happening around the conference. And even if you are at the conference, you know how big and how busy and how crazy it gets, and you can't attend everything. So maybe check out those hashtags to catch up on some of those things that maybe you haven't gotten to be able to attend in person. Well, that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so yet, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite way to listen. Also, if you like what you heard, please recommend this podcast to other educators, leaders, friends, or anyone you think would love listening and learning. And don't hesitate to leave a positive review on iTunes or whatever service you use to listen. For more information, head over to leaderoflearning.com. There you can also find the Leader of Learning blog, Ways to connect on social media such as Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Boxer. Sign up for our newsletter and even how to purchase Leader of Learning merchandise. Thanks again. And remember, no matter who you are or where you are, you too can be a leader of learning.